welcome to the M3 Bear Essentials Podcast. My name is Malcolm Travers. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I host a live broadcast and invite the editors and contributors of Mail Media Mind to present a topic of their choosing. We discuss social issues, entertainment, mental health, sexuality and relationships, or whatever makes the news or makes us mad. Each live recording is about three hours. But in the M3 Bear Essentials podcast, I cut it down to about 90 minutes. And if you would like to view the full recording or ask questions or comment in the live chat during the podcast recording, you can subscribe to M3 on YouTube and get a notification when we go live. You can find links to the YouTube page and other social media platforms at mailmediamind.com. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the M3 Weekly Hangout. It is Sunday, August 28th, 2016. Uh, Mail Media Mind is a grassroots organization dedicated to uplifting and unifying the Black Bear community through dialogue, insight, creativity, and knowledge. And every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, we meet to discuss the trending topics of the past week and to give our unique perspectives on the world. As always, we need your input to make this an interactive form of entertainment. So uh, leave your questions and comments in the Q&A. You can tweet us at Mail Media Mind. Uh, you can DM us at Instagram, Mail Media Mind One. You know, there's a bunch of shit. Just go to MailMediaMind.com. You'll see where we're located. Uh, we are all over. Hi, everybody. My name is Derek Anthony Jones. I am many things. I'm a comic book aficionado. I'm a baker. Um, I'm just a in general guru. And I'm very happy to be here. Yay! And send me fan mail, because I want to know what other people think of Hi, I'm Marco Estes. I'm the M3 Entertainment Editor. Yay! <laughs> and I am a Buffy aficionado, um, American Horror Story addict, and I love all things RuPaul. Uh, all right. Um, this is Monty. I'm the M3 blogger. Well... Lonnie's Life Lesson blogger. I'm also in and also work in health issues. All right. <laughs> and you always have a question. This is true. You always have a question. <laughs> yes. And for those of you listening on audio, Lonnie kind of hot. So you're missing out right now. <laughs> well, you can always, uh, if you're listening to us on audio, nice. you, can always, you can always go and visit his page, Lonnie's Life Lessons, on YouTube. And you can also see us on the YouTube channel for M3. So. Yes. Uh, keep that in mind. Um, always, you know, also for the audio format, make sure to give us uh, five-star reviews. It's like liking the video on YouTube. Uh, that helps people find That's the show. That's five stars. Five stars. Not three stars. <laughs> I require all five. I want Thank all you. the stars. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> What's Dude's name that, that directed Birth of a Nation? Uh, Nate Parker. Nate, Nate Parker. Parker. Thank you. Nate Parker and his latest conversations. Um about rape and about never playing uh, gay man. Okay, on so tell us like we're five, like we haven't seen the news coverage. Like what? Because I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but um, some people okay. So so there's a, a, a interview that came out with him recently, you know, and he said a number of things about the whole rape thing, where he apologized for what happened. You know, and I think he's trying to accept some responsibility without just coming out and say, "Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I did that." Yeah, Which I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't condone, but I understand. 
Because, see, my understanding is he doesn't deny the act happened. He just right. denies that it that was right. Right. Yeah. And the reason he was acquitted, because I didn't know earlier, like I thought he um, didn't get acquitted. I, I guess that was something like confusion on my part. But he was actually acquitted of the charges. He was. His roommate was not. Yeah, his roommate was not. Um, and basically the reason he was acquitted is because they believe, well, accurately that they, um, she and the accuser, I mean, he and the accuser had had consensual sex before. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference being now that she was passed out drunk and he was inviting friends in to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he admits to in this uh, phone call saying, basically, I thought you were into it. You know, you know how I thought you sucking my dick was consent. But you don't understand the idea that you can be so intoxicated <laughs> that you don't remember what you're doing and you're taking advantage of the situation. So it's basically classic shitbag behavior where he doesn't realize <laughs> exactly yeah. in his own yeah. mind that he's raping her because he admits to it. It's just like, I just thought you were into it. Yeah. And yeah. He, he was acquitted because of that. And you can only kind of get away with that if you were Rick James. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I have a question. Yeah, yes. go ahead, please. Clearly, this isn't something that was new to them. So I just... I just find it hard to believe that this is something that's new because clearly he felt comfortable with her to do that. So that means that they've done that before. Yeah, they. I think yeah. so. Yeah, that's the point that they so, But all before. of a sudden now, but all of a sudden now, it's considered to be rape. It was. It was because one, like she didn't remember what happened. They did. They did that before. They did. I've been a teenager. I've seen how teenagers act. I've seen people get trains run on them several times, and all of a sudden now it's rape. I think so because he started inviting people. I just people. find it hard to believe. This is the thing; like she, she's kind of pass out drunk. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get yeah. that. They had sex. You know, they had, sure they, they had but more importantly, they had. A what history. am I saying? Well, this is the point. Exactly. They had a history of doing these things. They had a history of with that girl. Yeah, that but girl I'm saying there's has a... done those things before. We're not saying that's the whole reason that he was acquitted. We're not we're not dismissing the fact. We're just saying that on this particular occasion, there's a point at which she was like, no, and she could not she could no longer, you know, give consent. There's a point at which like, yeah, but we're why is it right now? But why is it because right now? she was saying no. <laughs> that's the point. Like she was saying no, and it's kind of a bunch of bullshit to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is rape. I'm just saying, if you want to know, there's this thing called affirmative consent. <laughs> and at any point, you can cut off consent. Even if you start all, off as a consensual act, if you decide to say no, consent is revoked. Yeah, that's true. And that's what... Okay, we're going to yeah. disagree. I'm going to disagree. I'm just telling you, this is a legal to, standpoint. I'm not even talking about any sort of... More. I don't care what it is. My <coughs> thing of it is, is this. Is that if we've had that type of relationship prior to you claiming that it's great, mm-hmm. I don't see it as great. Well, uh, clearly well, the jury... The jury agrees. Well, I'm just saying, just remember, the, the jury agreed with Lonnie and he was acquitted. You should kind of know that, so... But on top of that, on top of that, it, I guess it's okay if it's just between her and him because, they, like, like Lonnie said, they had relations before. But when you start inviting in your boy for the for the uh, for the JV squad into the group, into the, then you can sit. It's that's no, I, I'm not down with it. You know. What I'm yeah. So, yeah. But it's okay. 
But yeah, I, I guess we kind of got off on it. But basically, yeah. Nate Parker's situation had to do with with people now asking whether or not this allegation, now that it's being made pop, you know, public, even though it was public knowledge all along, but may I guess being um, publicized now, whether or not to continue to support the movie Birth of a Nation. And I just want to point out that we got kind of lost because that wasn't the part of the conversation oh, I was a, bringing up. But okay. no, no, no. But that, no, but that was an important part. Okay. Um, because there are all okay. Because 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 nobody here is wrong. You're no. not wrong. Lonnie's not wrong. You know, it's 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 just it's a much deeper issue than no. you know. I just snatched this chick off the street. Right. Um. Yeah, because people are saying like even if he's acquitted, it just seems very like shitbag behavior, <laughs> regardless of whatever a jury thought about it. And they now lo- no longer want to support the movie. This is why I just, you know, I tell people, you know, if 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 somebody say stop, you just stop. Right. <laughs> that's just I, that's what uh, I yeah. Whether or not it's legal or not. Yeah, I mean, that's the life have, I live. There was a guy. Well, yeah. We're, we're, there was a guy that I, when I was visiting Chicago last year, you know, he was clearly into me. He was clearly interested in me. And he was that way before he started drinking. But by the end of the night, he was shit-faced drunk. And I just right. wasn't going to do nothing with him. Right. You know, and it wasn't a whole rape thing. For me, it's because, you know, when, you know, when I, when I laid the Derek upon you, I want you to be present. I don't want you to be forgetting shit. I want you to be able to go out and tell the, you know, go out and tell the others, go out and tell the masses. That motherfucker <laughs> laid it on me and laid it on me well. If you can get a hold of something for that, I think you should. But you can't do that when you're fucked up. <laughs> this is true. Don't you want, yeah, don't you want your partner to remember Yes, I do. I, I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> have none of you guys ever been to a sex party, a bookstore, a bathhouse, and there clearly are people that come in there that's fucked up, but yet and still, y'all still do what you do. But all of a sudden, now it's a problem because the setting has changed. Is that what I'm understanding? No. Okay, so y'all clearly admit that y'all have had relations with a drunk person. No, I've been drawn right. and had relations though, but that's that's totally different. No, I'm just saying uh, like when, out. Someone, <laughs> when someone is incapacitated, I don't care what the setting is, I don't want involvement with that. I have had sex with people who have been drinking. No, Lonnie, no. I have had sex with people who have been drinking. I have never had sex with somebody that was pissy ass drunk. Because I just don't do that. Again, it is not a rape thing or anything like that. It is all an ego thing. <laughs> you know, it yeah, is I'm, all. I, I just, you know, it's like it's like having it's like someone who yeah. says to me, "Well, yeah, I can have sex, but I can only have sex if I'm watching porn with you while I'm having sex." You know, I don't. Again, I don't do that. If if me being present in the moment, doing the things that I do, pulling tricks out my bag ain't enough, then we wasn't meant to be. Okay, we're gonna have, to have like a side mm. conversation about like, <laughs> yeah, I you can make the same argument about any props or instruments. You can be say like, why do you need this belt or this rope? Aren't I enough? 
You know, like it's just a tool. Well, those are fetishes. Porn is just that's another, that, no, but those are fetishes. I'm just saying, porn is yeah, but porn is just another tool. It's I a tool spake, of arousal. I spake the way I spake the man once. He came right on my leg. It was I mean, a you're one person. Time. You could be watching this video with like ten people. Like this, you can't. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think porn is just another tool, just like any sex toy. Okay. I mean, that may be okay. true. It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not my thing. Yeah. Anyway. What I was right. talking, what I wanted to bring up Nate Parker for okay. was that he went into this whole thing about how he would never play a gay character hmm. because he yeah. feels that men at all times should be presented in a very masculine fashion. And he's one of these people that has jumped on this bandwagon of calling out Tyler Perry and Martin Lawrence and and, and, call, but, and, and, and here's my problem. Calling them out in the wrong way. Because his thing is Hollywood is forcing these black men to dress up as women. And this is my problem with that statement. Because you haven't hmm. done your fucking homework. Tyler Perry created that character. Yeah. He created that character. Uh, Martin that's Lawrence. Miss Sophia created that. What? Miss <laughs> Sophia from V103, the drag queen that works here in Atlanta. That's her character. That's Tyler she Perry. created so, Medea? Just, she is Medea. You need to look her up, Sophia. Sophia, she's on YouTube. And she's, she even talks about Tyler Perry stealing her material. Really? Even still, it's yeah, but it's like Hollywood didn't put a gun to Tyler Perry's head and said, "You gonna wear this dress." But you need to you need to do your research. Look up. No, 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 no. I I am not uh, I I am not arguing that part at all. I didn't know anything about that. So you know that's it, it doesn't change my point. That this was not no 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 it doesn't change my point that Hollywood forced him to do anything. Tyler Perry made his money off of playing Medea. That was which was not a Hollywood creation, which was yeah. his creation by theft or however he put that motherfucking wig on his head. Nobody put a gun to his head and put a wig on his head. Martin Lawrence, yeah. same thing. Did not you know, nobody put a gun to his head to do Big Mama's house. If you check the, if you check the credits, his name is on there as a writer. Yeah, and you it know. should also be noted that, um, I mean, this should, this it's been a comedy tradition, black or white, for a long time. It for has. Minutes. I think yeah. the difference is because I got into a conversation once. Um, there's a very good comedian I know. A lot of younger kids have never heard of him, Flip Wilson. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Flip Wilson used to do Geraldine. Exactly. And here, you know, and I got into a conversation one day with somebody about Flip Wilson doing Geraldine as opposed to Tyler Perry doing uh, Medea. And I just said I think the difference is that Flip Wilson did Geraldine, but it was respectful and tasteful. Mm. She was a completely thought up, thought out character as opposed to um, um, Medea being this one dimensional last so let me, piece. Let me just ask you like directly, do you think, you know, Medea's like cooning it up or um cooning oh, yeah. is not necessarily I'll... <laughs> 
I'm just saying, like, you know what no, I mean, though. Yes, so. no, I know what you mean. So yeah. in the conversation, I will say yes. I think it's. I think cooning may not necessarily be the right word, but yes. Okay. Um. You know, I think I've seen. I sat through one Medea movie. Somebody took me to go see it. Um. I sat there uncomfortable for an hour and forty-five minutes because I was ready to go, and they had driven, and yeah. Because this is funny. I actually wanted to. Um. The one of the topics I wanted to discuss today kind of ties into. Um. You know the idea. Of, um, I, I don't know if you, I've listened to podcasts a lot, and there's this one that NPR has called Code Switch, mm-hmm. and um, they were talking about the recent Obama movie, the um, Southside with you, yes, which I have not seen yet, but I want. To. Yeah, it came out this weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they they did a review of it, but then they went into talking about the idea of the visibility of black love in film, and. Um, Basically, like the image of, you know, I guess, how do I say it? Um, the idea that a lot of um, movies about romance are, um, they're very few that are not, say, slapstick comedies. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Or rom coms. Or rom coms, right. And one of the things they said was, like, recently, um, rom coms have basically disappeared. If, you, if you're looking, at, you know, at the. Um, the tr- you know the trends of movie genres or whatever mm-hmm. that rom coms are kind of dying out <laughs> if you haven't noticed but I'm not a rom com watcher but they just don't make money you know um, well what has happened and it's interesting because I did watch this uh, video on YouTube the other day the top ten movies that had an unnecessary romance in them yeah um, I remember that yeah yeah and it's that yeah, the rom-coms have moved because rom-coms were always targeted towards a certain audience. Right. Um, the comedy aspect has changed right. where the comedies are just becoming larger comedies, whereas these romances, because that's what women are into and will make them go see the movie, yeah. have been thrown into see, these action movies that are completely the fuck out of place. Right. You know, and one of the one of the movies that they brought up was um, the Last Avengers, Age of Ultron movie. Yeah, where and also, where there's a, a budding romance that seems to come out of nowhere between Bruce Banner and Black Widow. Well, see, this was the thing. Like the the rom com itself was a, an executive driven decision back in the day. Yes, you know, it was like taking romance for the women and comedy for the guys and making the per- perfect date movie. Um, and the funny thing is, like you were saying, with um, you know the the resurgence of action movies and you know comic book movies in particular, you know they're trying to jam in something to get the women to come as well. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a decision that they're trying to make from an executive decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the difference is with rom coms, it actually worked. You know, they had a success with the rom coms for a long time, um, but they're no longer serving the male audience like they used to. Well, here's the other problem with, uh, I think, with the rom-coms, is that you didn't invest properly in your actors. Mm. Um, And I'll use, whenever I talk about this, I use Owen Wilson as an example. Owen Wilson got his start in comedies and rom-coms. And you, I mean, like, very frat boy basic 
comedies and such. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly, and there was a, and, and that's what America was. That's what uh, that's what Hollywood was putting a lot of out. That was the product they were serving. Yeah. Where all these rom coms, they weren't investing in their actors. So now there's all these complaints about British actors coming over and being the leading men in America. But what other choices do you have? Because you've tried to use Owen Wilson as a leading man in a serious movie, right. you know, in a serious drama, and it fall, you know, it's like a lead balloon. Right. Yeah, that was one of the things they were saying about, I guess. The depiction of black love is rarely seen outside of comedies. They, they were given the example of like waiting to exhale, yeah, and uh, how Stella got her groove back as being two very successful like non-comedic romance yeah. movies. But most of the other depictions of black love in cinema are usually comedies. Mm-hmm. And they were saying like this is a problem for specifically black movies because those used to be such a, a staple of the black movie, you know. Um, industry, basically. Yeah. What about are no longer viable? Yeah. What about like the best man? Um, That's a rom com. Yeah, it is. It seemed like a comedy, but okay. It's very much it's a rom com. And it did okay. It was an exception to the rule, but you know, um, you know what? What was Love, it? Like? Love Jones is a rom com. Yeah. Love and basketball is not one. Love and basketball is a rom com. <laughs> What's that a rom com? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. no comment. I, I wasn't laughing. <laughs> I know what happened to his audio. Are you back? Yeah, I oh. wasn't laughing at all in that movie. I was like, this is just maybe, sad. Maybe because <laughs> the comedy in it wasn't funny. But... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, that's a whole other topic. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, but... So, giving everyone a chance to do a topic, we're 40 minutes in, so we're supposed to have already done two topics. What's going to be the last topic of the hour? It's open. Uh, yeah, I so yeah, my my topic became four. <laughs> I opened a whole bag of worms. No, it's a good topic. I love it actually. Good. I do want to say that I'm disappointed that Nate Parker is a fucking hotel. That's all I want to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, let me just see what I have in, in my bag of topics and see if we can put them out. Um. I, I had a podcast. I asked uh, Derek if you would listen to it, and I did. You I did? listened. To, I listened to two of their pieces actually, and I would have listened to more if I'd had time. Yeah, this is a podcast the New York Times came out with back. I think maybe in January. It's not that long, but I think it's like number two in the new section on iTunes. So I just picked it up, and it's really good. It's called mm-hmm. The Run Up, and they talk about a lot of different issues. The one they had this Friday was about religion which I love talking about religion. <laughs> but what's funny is what they were talking about is religion just isn't being discussed in this election. No, um, it's not. Not at all. Yeah. And, it, you know, I was like, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> Hillary, you know, usually, brings, Hillary brings up her religious background, you know, when she's selling herself, but actually talking about her religion, she doesn't do that. And neither does Trump. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like, why? Why? Because, I mean, I couldn't Hillary just, you know, church it up some if she wanted to. <laughs> she could do that. She could, but do you want her to church it up? No, I not mean, really. is that right? I mean, again, with Hillary, you come back to the authentic, authenticity issue right. of when you're being authentic and when you're just trying to get a vote. Yeah, I and mean, that's the thing. She's been known to pander in the past. 
why not pander in this way, you know? Yeah. Is it? That I wanted to stop pandering it. altogether, but, you know. <laughs> but she knows she's not above it, right? Yeah, oh, God, yes, I know. So that's yes. the legit oh, God, question. Yes. Is like, if she's not above pandering, why isn't she pandering to the Christians? I mean, she is a Christian. She's a, she is. You know? And I guess maybe with everything else that's going on in this election right now, though, that's religion is kind of fallen to the wayside. I mean, think about it. The people that were on the Republican side, the people that were devoutly religious, were taken out one by one by Donald Trump. Yeah, this is true. You know, maybe maybe the question isn't, we aren't discussing religion. Maybe the question is what we have never considered a religion before has become a religion. Yeah. Maybe reality TV has become a religion. Yeah, you know, oh god, <laughs> you know what's funny is there's like this. Um, we have to talk about this at some point. The Donald Trump, because I, I can't help but be interested in Donald Trump. But there's this conspiracy. Clearly. Th- I know, I know. <laughs> there's this conspiracy theory that the whole reason Donald Trump's running for president is because he wants to start a new news network yes, to rival I, Fox News. So you listen to the second. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. From last week too. Yeah, yeah I, was I, like, to that one too. I was like, I was like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. I'm fascinated because <laughs> he's hired, you know, Roger Ailes and the Breitbart dude. Mm-hmm. You have like Trump TV, and it's going to be basically all these defective Fox News people plus Breitbart people to make a very successful as a huge muty. <laughs> um, Xavier Span, uh, mental health. Psychology here in Atlanta, Georgia. All right, thanks, thanks. Um, and we got a Q and A. Yes. Um, what? Hey, what does everyone think about Colin Kaepernick refusing to stand during the national anthem and the online blowback from that? I am not Colin Kaepernick. I'm sorry. Oh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, you don't know about that. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Really? Take it, Mark. Colin. Uh, I guess, you know, it's preseason football going on, and exactly. he refused to stand during the um, the national anthem, and he said that he refused to stand, I'm paraphrasing, he refused to stand on a flag that represents a country that, you know... That doesn't represent him. That doesn't represent him, and there's and black bodies lying in the street yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So and a lot of people were like, um, excuse you? <laughs> he he took a Black Lives Matter stand, and for that he got called a nigga and a monkey. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the usual. Sounds about right to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a thir- It was a Thursday. Oh wow. Um, how do I feel about that? I feel that people say, "I here's here I feel about that." People all the time scream about, you know. They hate us because of our freedoms, and America is the land of the free, and we talk about this freedom. And when someone expresses that freedom, these same people start climbing the walls and wiping shit on them. (laughs) You know, if this man is expressing his freedom to take a stand for something, that is his right because he is an American. You know, so you don't get to come after him like that. I ain't gonna even get into the racist bullshit behind that. No. Um, you know, because that's that's a whole five hours in itself. <laughs> but you know, if this if that's what this man chose to do, then that's what he chose to do. And as an American, he has a right to do that. Yeah. 
you know, and you you know, if you bad at that, get ready because I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna be the start of a trend. Yeah. Hey Xavier. So um, the minister that said that all of the homosexuals should die and burn in hell at Pulse. They found him with kitty porn and arrested him. How do you feel about that? I don't know why you're asking me that, but... Because you are the most religious person on the panel right now. I'm going to always be the most religious person on the panel from now to the end of time. Because... The bat look, because I am Baptist and John was a Baptist and he taught us that there was false prophecy. Yeah. We were actually talking about that earlier about the, the fact that religion isn't being discussed more in this election. I don't I think that was before you came on, but Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like why isn't Because these are not religious people. I mean, neither of them are religious. You never know Trump. Well, that, that was the thing they were saying is that Hillary Clinton is a very religious person. I um, think she's been trying to draw an image of Hillary because people said they didn't know her and that it was more like propaganda to get that thing going on. But I mean, think about Bill Clinton when Clinton, when Bill was running, it mm-hmm. really wasn't a big thing then. That didn't come up a whole lot. So I'm not surprised by that. Um, same for Trump. Trump is not about not about religion. If Do we even know what his religion is? <laughs> well, that was uh, the thing. Like, we were actually, re- you know, it was, it was somebody who was just mentioning the fact that you know, if you can go by facts, whether it's propaganda or not, but, you know, um, Hillary Clinton attends, attends church every week. She carries a Bible in her purse. With hot know, sauce. With hot sauce. Next to the hot sauce, there's a Bible yes. in her purse. Yes. She also gets, like, these little uh, daily prayer sessions with different ministers or whatever. Uh, but she just doesn't talk about it publicly. And I'm asking, she's never had a problem pandering to different communities. Why... Why not use her faith, if it's genuine or not, for that matter, to pander to Christians? Because a lot of what's going on is kind of like an in-game product of the Christian church. Mm. Like the Freedom Bill, the whole thing about homosexuality um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Some of the stuff that's coming out is more like these are things that the churches support. So if I indirectly deal with it by saying, because if you pick out, if you start picking out one, because there's so many issues you got to deal with. Start picking out one individual set of religious beliefs to start following or, you know, having that conversation because it's Hillary. She's going to get scrutinized that much more. So by going after the things and the concepts that the churches are with right now, because the churches, the church in this election has gotten this look of more of a business now than it's ever had. Mm. You know, the church today is very different than what the church was 20 or 30 years ago. The church today is a financial conglomerate and between the between the IRS and certain other agencies, it has become a thing right now. So if you even like and you know they're starting to shed light on some of that. Um about the way the money and the church and the the interconnecting between the two of them. So I think Hillary is strategically dealing with this by saying, I'm gonna go after and support things that are of the interest of the church, the things that I know the church cares about. Right. And in that indirect kind of a way, I can't be accused of, you know, pissing anybody off or doing this or doing that or going against this religion or going against that faith or that belief. And so that leaves me open to pull in the Muslims, to pull in the, the Protestants and the Jews and this, this, and this. But at the same time, 
I'm dealing with the issues that Trump is going to be dealing with, and I ain't off talking about something else. And he said, it's looking like I have no clue. Yeah. Now, this was something that, you know, Kerry was involved in, somebody like that, or or I'm trying to think of the one that was the head of the, uh, the one that's over, the one that owns the Hiltons. Not Hiltons, he owns the Marriott's. Hmm. I'm not, um, I'm not thinking of it. Yeah. But anyway, they're, they're, they're devoutly in their religion and their religious practice and their beliefs, and it's going to come up. Right. As in certain other ones, that not so much. Right, right. Um, now, to answer that other question about how I feel about that, in regards of his religion and his position in the church, because again, the church has changed. People now, they feel like they're supposed to be pastors, preachers, and ministers just because their daddy was one instead of they being called by being <laughs> one. And so, on and so on. But I'm not surprised that they found kitty porn on them because that's a deflectatory behavior. The best way to keep the heat off me is to put it on somebody else. And when I start seeing these hyper uh, masculine, I can't stand a homosexual group of guys, I'm always thinking to myself, yeah, you got some crazy skeletons in your closet. You probably right here fucking animals, ain't you? Um, because it just it just is that way for them. You know, I don't know why that's like that, but when he started saying all the gays need to die and burn in hell and this, 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 that should have been a red flag for everybody right then and there to right. say, let's go check his internet browser because we know you doing some crazy shit. Right. There's a floor board in his closet that you need to pull up and there's some <laughs> videotapes under that. Uh, Ryan Lawson said if Trump wasn't in the race, it'd be between Bush and Rubio. There's a good chance Rubio would get the nomination, then Hillary would probably be pushing hard because Rubio would have a serious lead. Yeah, I think there's a possibility. I thought, to me, if the Republicans were smart, they would have picked Rubio. Um, but, you know, that was me thinking they would be smart. But again, <laughs> you know, it's it, we, we go back to this thing about, you know, Donald Trump got here and people are surprised and I don't understand how because you spent the last eight years fostering this feeling, fanning this flame from which, you know, from which he was born. But you know what I mean. Um, It it was the perfect storm for him to run and be where he is. He is the fucking Republican nominee to become President of the United States of America. And for real? Yeah. And he picked off motherfuckers one by one by being the biggest bully on the block. Yeah. He literally told Jeb Bush, and I, you know, by horrible, I, this is one of those times where I'm, I'm going to be with you. <laughs> We're going to talk about the fascination of Donald Trump. Mm. He literally turned to Jeb Bush and said, Dude, you are low energy. And Jeb said, no, I'm not. And then he quit. <laughs> <laughs> they said, you know, there was one of those podcasts. I can't remember if it was the run-up or the NPR one. They was saying, like, you know, if you have to look at not just, um, you know, Donald Trump as an entity, if you want to figure out why Donald Trump became the nominee, you can't just look at Donald Trump. You have to look at his opponents as well. And, and uh, I guess this guy on this show made the contention that Donald Trump would not be there if it were not for Jeb Bush. That Jeb, yeah, yeah, I just, he was, he was, yeah. Well, let me just present his ahead. argument. His argument was that Jeb Bush reminded them 
of everything they hated about the Republicans over and over again. He would, he would go on stage and he would go, you know, I think, you know, going into Iraq was a good idea because he was always, whenever they asked him a question in those debates about, you know, the Bush administration's decision to go into Iraq or, you know, questions about 9-11 being a mistake or some, you know, like an intelligence mistake, which seems like an obvious thing to say. <laughs> that 9-11 was a huge blunder by the United States government. Um, he would always defend the Bush administration. His brother, obviously, he's going to defend him. And then Donald Trump would just pummel him. I will say this about Over and over. I will say this. Yeah. I can see that point, but not for any of the reasons that you stated. Okay. I can see that point because, again, the Republicans always run on strength and defense and fortitude and all these things. We can all agree on that, right? Yeah. And each one of these motherfuckers proved themselves to be weak and crumbled before Donald Trump. Right, they right. had no defense. They could not fight back. You know, they weren't prepared. Right. They were yeah. not prepared for the petty. They had no homosexual, no homosexuals in their court to teach them how to be shady. They yeah. had not watched any 1940s movies teaching them, you know, again, and I've said this before, Jeb Bush, the first time all them motherfuckers got on stage, Jeb Bush should have walked up to Donald Trump and said, my wife is Mexican. My children are half Mexican. You have a problem with Mexican. Say that to my motherfucking face. Right. If but he'd see, done that, of, if he'd done that, we'd be having a different race right now. Yeah, that's true. The yeah. only way for them to really have uh, tactically dealt with Trump, with the way that he did the debates and everything, was they would have had to get twice as good as him. I mean, basically, they would have walked, had to walk out there, like you say, and say stuff like that, and I mean, use the same level of vulgarity that you just used. Yes. Because he, he pushed that envelope as far as you can go. And that's what got him. He pushed that envelope as far as we thought he could push it. Because the truth of the matter is, once a motherfucker stands on television and says, I can take a gun onto 6th Avenue and shoot people and not lose a single vote and be proven correct. <laughs> you're, muted, you're muted, Xavier, because I need to hear your response. I can't hear you. Yeah, I was thinking that, um, you know... Unmute yourself. He might be able to shoot oh, someone on 6th Avenue. You don't mind? I'm sorry. Um, I, no, he did. And what he did was completely unorthodox. And that's why you had this thing where uh, Jeb Bush, because I was looking at the one for like February, Jeb Bush had this look on his face like, can he really just say that to me? And he asked the moderator, he said, are you all not going to address this? Because he would say stupid shit to just throw them off. You know, he would talk about their wives, he would talk about their mothers. He, he just, just went up there and said some erroneous, crazy ass thing Threw them off. They forgot their cue cards. They couldn't read prompters after that. Everything was gone because all they could focus on at this point was this motherfucker talking about my mama. Oh, <laughs> I love the line you had, Derek. They were not prepared for the petty. But they were not, they were not prepared. They out there, was ready, was dignified. <laughs> and he said, and your mama was the worst. Uh, first lady we ever had. 
<laughs> but if you are, but hey, okay, but first two things. First of all, if you are a coming from a position of strength, and I hear what you're saying because you don't expect, you do not expect to go on national television in a Republican debate and have a motherfucker talk about your mama. <laughs> and they're gonna be playing the dozens. It's, it's, it's what has happened. <laughs> so this is from Coach Wank, actually. Um, Coach Wank was supposed to join us today, but he had some stuff and he couldn't. And we're looking forward to his visit here on the podcast. And he said, hey, guys, this is Coach Wake of the Bait Nation podcast. Sorry I wasn't able to make it on earlier, but I've definitely been watching. Love the convo. Look forward to being on with you all soon. Appreciate the shout out and much love to y'all. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we're going to be talking about masturbation soon, so get, get yes. ready. We are looking forward to you coming on, because yeah. some of us have a lot of questions. I want to yes. know, like, do, do you ever do a hand switch up? Do you do the left lefty sometimes? See, no. <laughs> I do. I mean, do? Oh, okay. I call it sex with a stranger. I want to talk about <laughs> the ghosting thing. When are we going to get on that? Okay, let's do that one. Um, I did a hot topic. I put a, a picture of Ghostbusters. You know, I the, specifically want Lonnie in on this one. I so, know he's ghosted some people before. <laughs> <laughs> I should tell you, I have a feeling most of us have ghosted people. Because uh, <laughs> one of the responses to the question, you know, to the topic was, you know, it's kind of hard to tell someone you're not into them. But basically, here's the question was, um, why do people simply, simply cut off contact rather than ending a relationship directly? <laughs> Is ghosting an acceptable dating practice? It's become very, very common because there was an article today that said, do not tell somebody that you're leaving them. I mean, it's it just in general, not just dating, but it was an article that said, do not tell somebody you're leaving their party. Just fucking leave. Just leave the goddamn party. So because you're going to um, incite some type of Conflict, in my personal opinion, like why? Why are you leaving? Why you know? Go, Lonnie. I have to disagree. I have to disagree with that. I I went to an outing with some people who I really don't know, but what happened was they left the table, and I was ready to go, and I had to take the train, and it was getting late. So I said goodbye to the people that were at the table. I paid for the whole fucking tab for the goddamn table. And oh, I said, well, oh, the other dirty. people, I said, the other people, like, I, I guess they went to the bathroom and disappeared or whatever. So I said, well, okay, guys, well, I got to leave. You guys have a good time. Enjoy your night. Da, 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 da. How about the, how about none of them, the, the two people that left, the ringleader of the group told everybody not to speak to me anymore because I was what? disrespectful because I did not say goodbye to everyone. I'm like, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? I'm the one who paid for the motherfucking tab and you bitches went to the motherfucking bathroom like y'all had to go like girls in the bathroom having a conversation with a bitch. Y'all was going for like fucking 30 minutes. What the fuck y'all was doing in the bathroom having a fucking orgy? So I disagree. When it comes okay. to black people, okay. you better say goodbye to every single fucking person. 
<laughs> Before you leave, that I got to come party. to Atlanta for about three weeks and just mm-hmm. hang out with Lonnie and find out who all these fucking people, people are. are. Yeah. Keep me around because yeah. they won't know none of them like me anyway. Yeah, and I'm not saying day when you start. I want to say I was just saying that the article, this the article was saying, so it seemed like it's becoming a common thing. And I'm just late to the party. But no, no, ahead. I get no, Mark. I get it. I disagree with it because the difference is, it's a party, and if I'm throwing a party and you come to my house or whatever, bitch, think about it. I mean, that's just you've been in my house, you've enjoyed my food, yeah. you know. Just say goodbye. Yeah. I'm I'm cool yeah. with that. Don't just fucking disappear. Okay. You know, but 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 to but to Lonnie's thing, if a motherfucker go to the bathroom for thirty minutes, bitch, I don't know where you are, and I'm not going in the shitter to find you. Yeah. So I took this left side. Go, go, so go, 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 as go. far as the whole ghosting thing, I yeah. did do that once to somebody. I've only ever done it once in my life, and I felt horrible about it after. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just felt horrible about it, but. It was somebody that I met, and, you know, we were talking, and then he was way more into me than I was into him, and then he just started getting on my nerves, and then I just stopped answering the goddamn time. <laughs> that's how the man usually goes. That's, yeah. But I felt, but I'm going to tell you, I felt horrible about that yeah. because I've had that done to me before, right, and right, you yeah. all left with all these questions. You know, yeah. and I did not want to say, dude, you get on my motherfucking nerve. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, there's, there's got to be a much nicer, better way to say that. Because first of all, it's like an exit interview. Yeah. You know, people need to know <laughs> this is where shit started to go down. Exactly. And maybe this is what you need to work on in the future. <laughs> and I agree. I agree. What's it said? Go ahead. But you rob them of that opportunity to get that feedback when yeah. you just disappear on the motherfucker. Now, yeah. it was okay because we lived in different cities, so the opportunity of me just running into him <laughs> yeah, well, was little to none. Yeah, but then when it does happen, though. But yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, but anybody else that I've kind of dealt with and I didn't want to deal with them no more, and sometimes I have been a little mean about it, but at least I didn't ghost. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, though. Like, um, I've had that happen. I, You know, I'm a pretty shy guy, and so there have been people who I've ghosted like 10 years ago who I'll run into. It's like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was, you know, my bad. You know, I just, you know, didn't see that coming. Yeah, I, I've had it happen to me recently, and I've had it happen to me in the past, and I'm like Derek, you know, I just need to know what happened because. Maybe I maybe because I don't want to keep repeating the same mistake. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. maybe it's something I need to fix on my end. But how you expect me to fix it if I don't know what the hell that is? You know what I'm saying? So let me know. I'm like I'm a big boy. I'm not gonna sit there and cry or call you an asshole or something like that. Even though I might be doing it internally, but it's a it's a good way to try to help improve yourself to do good in the next relationship. Now, what the problem now ghosting? I noticed that it probably be harder for somebody to do it. If you all share the same damn friends, or you the same same, or the same damn social circles, and oh god yes, because I'm not I'm not from Atlanta, but it just gets to the point that when I do come to Atlanta, I usually end up at the same damn spots, and I usually see the same damn people. So if I, you go to somebody and then you all end up at Bulldogs or Eagle or someplace like that, 
and that person is up there, you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> like, why can you can't you can you can't have audacity say the word like, why are you here? <laughs> because you know everybody shows up here. It's just like you know you don't have no claims to got their location, but in my mind, if I if I was like didn't have a good um, time with somebody. And then knowing that my ass is gonna show up at Bulldogs or Eagles or something, they're gonna enter that later. I wanna sit there and say, Wait, I need to let him know now yeah. what went wrong. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So you wanna be that awkward ass, like bumping into them, like, oh, I haven't seen you and like what happened to you? You haven't called asked my calls, you haven't texted me anything like that, you know. It's just okay. it's just a way to think- avoid all the awkwardness. <laughs> Mark, I think that's good in theory. However, I don't think that's really practice. I really, truly don't. I, I think it's good for us to say it, but if it's really practice, I doubt it very seriously. So, so after nobody saying, really wants to hurt somebody's feelings. So after saying that, Lonnie, I want to know why I got the look when I said you have clearly ghosted on me. Because you just on said, you? no, not on me. No, bitch, if you ever go, let me tell you something. Let me make this clear right now on this thing, on the, on the internet. If, if, motherfucker, if you ghost on me, I'm coming to Atlanta and finding your black ass. <laughs> so, Lonnie, so, so somebody, do do so it. if you, so, <laughs> so you want to know, have I ghosted someone? I'm well, I had already did. made the assumption that you had. Exactly. But I wanted to know why oh, I really? felt judgy when I said that you had. Oh, um. <laughs> so have you honestly this? speaking yes honestly speaking have I personally went out of my way to ghost somebody yes um no intentionally by, by accident yes I have but on purpose no I have not okay um okay. but people won't see it that way <laughs> but that's even um, worse, though, dude. To say like, I just I've forgot done about the M3 you. Contributors group. Um, I have gotten a lot of people that have reached out to me, and I've tried to keep in communication with the people that have reached out to me. However, I'm only one fucking person, and yeah. it may take me a minute to respond back to you. But what I've noticed is that people have gotten in their goddamn feelings and saying how disrespectful I am, and blah 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 blah. Well, that's but, not ghosting. That's life. <laughs> exactly. Uh, however, I've been ghost, meaning I'm assuming I understand what you guys are saying. Yeah, that's just I, Before I moved up here to Atlanta, like every, like, the guys that I like didn't like me because they felt as though I was too big. Um, in and Atlanta? I wasn't. Be- in Miami, South Florida, oh, okay. Lauderdale okay. area. Okay. Before I moved up here, they wanted the guys who looked like really thin, but oh, bitch, you just ain't gonna let me over, really. So, yes. so they would never pay me no attention, and the guys that really liked me were very feminine that I really wasn't that much attracted to. So anyway, I would hang out with these guys, and they would never call me back. However, I would run into them, and I would see the guys that they were attached to white, slim guys, um, and they just never let me, they, they never told me why we never worked out. It's just I had to see them, and I saw the guys that they were talking to. They were always skinny, white, or Latino. Um, they were never with black guys. So I'm like, okay, that's the reason why. Yeah. So I've been ghosting so that. market. 
Exactly. And that's the thing that I hated about South Florida is that. Um, however, moving up here to Atlanta, um, it was really a good move far as dating. Exactly. Yes. But um, but yeah, but moving up here, no, I don't think I have been ghosted and I don't oh, yeah. think I've ghosted anybody. I have so uh, I normally try to be very upfront and honest with people. I try I to think, be. um Derek, we have a Yeah, I yeah. Uh, Nate James says, I have been in two situations where ghosting was a necessary evil when all other options have been exhausted. It was the safest way to go. Now, that doesn't mm. necessarily sound like ghosting. That sounds like you told a motherfucker that you don't want to be bothered, and they was like, yeah, you do. That's yeah. not ghosting. Bitch, that's stalking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you said I don't want to talk to you anymore, right? Because you didn't go. Calling, you right. said, "Okay, yeah, this is not really working for me." So if I see you around, I see you around, and they'd be like, "Oh no, bitch, you ain't gonna leave me." Yeah, that's stalking. Then you got to shoot them. <laughs> uh, Legionnaire had that. Legionnaire said, um, "It's easier for people to avoid the immediate awkward situation, willing to gamble that there may or may not be." that situation with that person in the future. Yeah. Yeah, that's some bullshit. I got ghosted. <laughs> I got ghosted once by a guy that, you know, we met, we were really, you know, hitting it off and everything. Legionnaire know what I'm talking about. Um, he joined Onyx, as a matter of fact, later on. But I had moved out the city by then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just don't... <laughs> yeah, just, you know, just... We went out. We had a great time. He introduced me to his friends. His friends loved me because friends generally love me. And I don't know whether that, I don't know. All I know is that I didn't hear from him no more after that. <laughs> yeah. I heard from his friends. I just never heard from him. Yeah, I'm having that. Uh, I'm put my business out there, but I'm kind of having that situation. But anyway, let's just say <laughs> that I'm now connected to all the people he's connected to, and he disappears. And I'm like, oh, God. This is going to be awkward. Ain't it? <laughs> this is going to be awkward. The article describes a woman. She's writing into a, a sex columnist. And, um, okay, so she's just basically saying she's like a 38-year-old married woman married to a 50-year-old man who only is sexually aroused when he is being cuckled. You know, he has a cuckold thing. So, uh, And she really does not want to have sex with other men. Um, but in a way... He's threatening to leave her, divorce her, and she's financially dependent on him. And so she kind of feels like she's being coerced into doing these sexual acts that she doesn't want to do. Um, and she details it pretty, you know, like she comes home from work or something and there's this man in the living room. <laughs> it's like, he's going to be fucking you tonight. <laughs> she's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark Saint said it. <laughs> you said you don't get it. I, I I really don't get it. Like I hate when people play the fucking victim. I really truly hate that with the passion. Yeah, I really hate it. So what about the situation that she playing the victim? The lady talking about she don't want to leave him. He, she's financially dependent on him, and and he wants to do this and he wants to do that and blah 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 blah. Bitch, just leave him. Yeah. I have to agree with you, Lonnie. 
you just got to throw caution to the wind because, I mean, you're clearly in a situation you don't want to be. And right. yes, your situation could be worse, but your situation could be better. Yeah. But you know, coming home and there's some motherfucker sitting on the couch talking about, yes, I will, I will be your fucker tonight. <laughs> Dude, I don't fucking know you. Yeah, hello, somebody. You yeah. know. So, yeah. but, but, but to a larger degree, <laughs> I want to, I, I want to talk about the husband for a minute, who you know clearly had this, um, a fetish. When they got mm. married, mm-hmm. you know, and when they was dating, mm. and how you didn't let her know about this, you know, how how was you go? How was you quiet on this but, shit? What? But but Derek, but people grow yes, and evolve. Maybe his sexual appetite increased after they got married. Maybe. No, I I can I can get with you on that, but again, a a kink like that. <laughs> I mean, you have to be into that. I mean, mean, you didn't just wake up one morning and say, you know what? I think it would really turn me on if some big burly motherfucker came in here and fucked my wife. I mean, you had to have some inkling before that. That You know, I have some kinks and fetishes. And Mm -hmm. as I, you know, when I was going through my, you know, journey, as I continued through my leather journey, my BDSM journey, whatever you want to call it, um, I say, okay, I can see how that connects to that, connects to that. You know, I've mm-hmm. always kind of felt that way for that and, you know, such. Um, yeah, so, you know, I can get that. Plus, when I am with a person, I let them know ahead of time. These are some of the things that I like. And then we have conversations about them. Because they may not, they may A, be some things that they aren't into, or B, be some things that they have just decided, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, and then you kind of go from there, but you go from there with the information that you have, you know, and then you find a way to work around it. You know, do you introduce other people into the relationship? Do you open the relationship up so that you can go out and chase that particular fetish? You know, but again, it has to be something that both of you all agree on and not, you know, yes, I heard everything you said. I agree with you. You know, she needs to go. But this clearly was not a conversation that they had Mm. beforehand. Yeah. You know, so and and again, it goes back to what I say all the time about couples and communication and so many couples that don't have these, you know, it's real easy to get naked with a motherfucker and jump in bed. It's much harder to to get naked of your soul and of your mind and jump into a mind space with a motherfucker where you're sharing part of yourself because that leaves you vulnerable. Yeah, but it's necessary. Nate James said she had to know something before she married him. Yeah, Nate, I again, I have run into so many people who, after the fact, find out that their partner is, has some fetish or kink or something that they didn't talk about at all until they hooked the motherfucker. That you don't always, you don't always know. He said uh, uh, before she married him. <laughs> She may not have known exactly what it was, but what was your motivation for marrying in the first place? Yeah, well, that that's a good point. This is um, that that's a very good point. Just you know, 
I think sometimes people are afraid to um, roll out a kink because they're afraid of what someone else is going to say about it. But you of know, let, but yeah, let people have their lines. You know what I mean? Like, um, don't be afraid to you know express your kinks to someone, but also so let someone be offended. Let them have their opinion about whatever your kink is, and just let it be. Because I think that was the big hang-up that I had when I was having conversations with people about, you know, having that conversation. It's like, what if they find it disgusting? And say, and it's better you find out now. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Then, then, then when I, they come home, sure. then when they come home one day, and you, the fucking machine is sitting in the middle of the living room. So. Yeah. The thing I said to them is like, don't be so offended that they're offended. You know. Just let them have their opinion about it. Yes. Yes, because I don't do rosebuds either. So if I'm, oh lord, I'm yes. pulling out your drawers and your we not gonna get into the festive conversation. And your ass is sitting up winking at me and shit. I'm like, oh hell no, I'm just like, no, no, no. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was uh, Derek. Are you an atheist? I just I wanted to know. No, I am not. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I am not. I am not. I am not. You independent? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in organized religion, and I don't believe that there is, you know, a dude with this with luxurious brown hair and, you know, these beautiful Birkenstock sandals sitting up on yeah. the cloud directing things. But I do believe that there is um, a place. I do believe everyone has a soul, and I do believe that there is a place that when you pass on, that your soul goes to and interacts and intermingles with other souls before it is sent back out to learn another life lesson. Yeah. I still hope you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not for anything it's like directly at Derek, but, you know, I always tell people, I want to make sure I get to heaven so I can ask God a lot of questions because I got a lot of questions. He got yeah, to explain yeah. to me all kind of stuff. Like, explain to me what was your thinking when you came up with a white man? Like, what were you thinking that day? Um, well, this is explain. the thing. This is, <laughs> no, I was going to say, Neil deGrasse Tyson had the best response to that because he is a, he's somewhat of a, you know, scathing agnostic, you know, person. And he was saying, why do you think God owes you any answers? Mm. I mean, if he's God, Ooh, you know, why deep. does he owe you that any answers? I know, right? <laughs> just like for real I'm God I'm omnipotent I'm the, I'm the granddaddy creator of the universe because Why do I ever, like, cause if you follow the Bible they promote yeah. God and Jesus as being teachers more than anything right right so, this yeah. is true okay I'm just saying <laughs> I mean yeah I get what you he has the omnipotence yeah. to say no if he wanted to but um, right. don't believe he would will be the part it'd be purposeless he doesn't do anything right. without a purpose so well, that was the thing he was talking about in the in the realm of science, which is like, yeah, we investigate, you know, all these different phenomena in the universe, but you know, a certain amount of human humility has to come into it and say, like, maybe there are some things we're never going to discover. You know? Yeah. We're, you know, you know, we can try and try all day, but like, he was like, the universe doesn't owe us any answers. We have to strive for them or whatever. You know, I think that was the point of view that he was like, humans. There was this, uh, I can't remember some Christian conservative who wanted to. Um, come up to Hillary Clinton and show her a fetus <laughs> and say, like, you're responsible for this baby being aborted, you know? Wow. Um, obviously, for security purposes, he was shunted away. <laughs> obviously. But, <laughs> so, you know, fetuses in front of the presidential candidates. But 
you know, um, when they talked to him later, he was, you know, kind of having this conversation about, um, you know, religion or whatever. And um, the person, I think when they asked him, um, you know, about Old Testament Jesus or, you know, not Jesus, but Old Testament um, God and, you know, saying, you know, didn't, isn't this the same Old Testament God that like flooded the entire earth? I'm, I'm assuming there were some babies in there <laughs> you know, that died when he just, you know, started all over and just, you know, and thinking about how deftly he dodged these questions about, you know, God being vengeful and wrathful and, you know, whatever. I mean, God has aborted whole uh, nations. So, yeah, we, we know that happened. And again, we're trying to, we're dealing with the interpretation of a few small-minded people who will uh, nitpick what they want to use out of the Bible and disregard what they don't. Um, no. And so that's why I don't really get drawn into too many of these religious battles and all that other foolishness, because I have had people who have had kids out of wedlock tell me I'm wrong for being gay. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, in Old Testament times, you would have been stoned. So, <laughs> do you really want to play this game with me? Because, you know. Yes, it's true. But, Xavier, okay. I, I have a question for you. Yes, you wouldn't want your soul to intermingle with mine before it was sent back out to the cosmos to learn something new. No, because whatever it is on you, they no. get on me. And we is yet praying. We is yet praying. Oh, no, no, no. Um, Jesus, the offense. This is too much. But um, uh, thinking about something um, on a religious tip, I actually had another question. It was had to do with the M3 Life group. Um, talking about uh, death, um, I had a, a friend recently um, who was going to a funeral, and we were having a conversation about memories and, and friendship and stuff. And um, I had, okay, so we were going to have a discussion about the uh, Galaxy Note 7 after a while, and I really wanted to upgrade to the Note 7 because I, I love this phone. Uh, like the fact that you can almost double it as a camera and put like a 250 gig hard, you know, disc in there and just film or whatever. But the reason I'm not going to switch um, is because my iPhone has messages and data going back nine years, um, and some of these people are have since died, you know. And so I I kind of want to keep the data alive in a format, you know, from these messages and stuff. Now I'm sure there are ways I could archive it or whatever. But I said that's important enough for me to not switch phones, you know, for now. And so we started getting into this conversation about death and dying and whatever, and how we remember people who have died. Mm -hmm. So that was the question I had: uh, How do you remember people in your life who have passed away? Like what mementos or stories or whatever? Um, how do funerals help in that process? You know, that sort of thing. When my grandmother died who was my heart, I promised myself, because it was going to be very easy for me to literally load up a whole box of shit and ship it back to where I was living at the time, you know, of stuff that reminded me of her. And in the end, I said, yeah, then I'm just going to have a whole lot of shit sitting around the house that reminds me of her, and I don't want that. Right, right. And I decided I was going to, I said I was going to do two things. I said I was going to just pick two things that reminded me of her, but I wound up picking three. 
you know, and I, I allowed myself that one extra thing. Um, and these were things that one was something I could use in my everyday life. Um, there was a blanket that I, there was a blanket that she used all the time and I still have it and I still use it in the winter. Um, there was a cane that I'd gotten for her that had an elephant's head on it to help her walk, which, you know, once I started having my foot issues came in real handy and her driver's license. Cause that yeah. was the last thing she and I fought over. Oh, wow. Um, cause she was just, she got too, she was too old to drive. And then she went and took the driver's test and the dude that gave her the test was like, yeah, Miss LeMay. So your driving skills, are a little shaky because of your age. So you should drive more to work that out. And then they renewed her driver's license. So then I just started taking her car. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's so wrong. Yeah, it wasn't wrong. She had, you know, she backed into a garbage can one night, leaving bingo, and what? went to the, yeah, and didn't tell nobody that they should have moved that goddamn garbage can. It shouldn't have been there. You know what, Lonnie? <laughs> don't. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Don't, don't do it. They put a garbage can in the wrong goddamn place. She backed into that garbage can. She uh, uh, sideswiped somebody else's car. And her friend in the car, sitting in the car with her coming from Bingo, said, Jeanette, you sideswiped that car. And apparently, according to the woman, my grandmother looked at her. And I know exactly what look she gave her. Said, bitch, keep your mouth shut. Cause this ain't got I like your grandma. You. And then she took her car to the all night motherfucking car wash to wash the evidence off. I love your grandma. That's pretty I good. Her. I like that. I like now, that. Mark, you want to know why I'm shady? You want to know where that shit comes from? There's your answer. <laughs> but again, perfect example. I will talk all day long about that woman. I loved yeah. her. I absolutely loved her. And I don't need a lot of things to remind yeah. me of her. You know, I have a very small picture tribute of her on my Facebook page. If anybody ever cares to go to my Facebook page and see what the woman that raised me looks like, you know. But, yeah, I, I, she, lives, she lives here. She lives in my heart. We had her cremated. I don't, I've never been one of those big... You got to go to a funeral and have the body, and the body got to be presented. I never understood why people want to look at dead people. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. You take their ass. So why you want to cremate them though? What, what, they're not in the body. How is this painful? They dead. They not in the body know. anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, sound like my mother when when the mm-hmm. people because my grandmother died at home, and when we called the people to come get the body. They came to get her, and they were taking her out. And my mother said, hold on, hold on. I'm going to put this blanket over because she might get cold. And I just kind of looked like she ain't going to get cold. She ain't going to get hot. She ain't going to get nothing because she ain't here no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of agree with Derek to a certain extent. Like, I'm the same way. My grandfather will probably be the person. Well, my grandfather and my best friend that I lost. Um, but the two of them... I'm, it's sort of like I'm placated with memories of them kind of all the time. Um, I can be driving, and I can see a certain type of tree, and I can remember a conversation that my grandfather might have had with me under a tree like that or under mm-hmm. that particular type of tree. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like I don't really need anything around me to particularly remember, remind me of that person. 
because they are such a big part of who I am. And so they're with me kind of all the time. You know, when I go home and I sit around and I talk to my aunt or my grandmother, at some point the conversation going to go into, well, you know your granddaddy, this, this, and this. You know, I can't, like, if I think about my graduation from high school, he came, to, my grandfather came to my graduation from high school. Well, to everybody this May, he has eight children of his own, and he never went to their graduation. Wow. The only person's graduation he went to was the one grandchild. So when I would tell my cousins and family and friends, I said, well, you know, I was the favorite child. They look at me sideways, but they never argue with me because they know at the end of the day, I'm actually telling the truth. I was his favorite child. Yeah. But these are the things that I just know. Oh, you don't rub it in that face. Huh? Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to tell a bitch what's real and what's happened. Yeah. Sometimes you yeah. got to get them together. Just tell them. You know, they didn't have condoms when you were when you were conceived. How unfortunate. <laughs> I live. Legionnaire Onyx said, the one major keepsake I have to remember my mother besides photos is her wedding album. It represents the beginning of her adult life that led to my existence. And yeah. I do know for a fact, we've had that conversation, Legionnaire and I have had that conversation, if the house is on fire, that's what he's running in to get. That photo yeah, album. Sweet. That is really sweet. That is. Yeah, I was thinking about like um, guess- the keepsake that uh, my grandmother that I kept which I can't use anymore, but it was like one of her um, oven mitts. It's all raggedy now. <laughs> um, I keep it in the kitchen because that's where, you know, she was always cooking. And there was like this uh, magnet from her refrigerator. It was a penguin. I don't know why I managed it. It just reminds me of her, so I keep that. But in pictures, in pictures. But anyway, go ahead, Lonnie. I'm sorry. Um, I, for me, um... Okay. For me, um, my mom will always call me um, for my birthday. She always tell me when I was born, the day, how many hours of labor. So I have all of her voicemails saved onto iTunes. Well, yeah, her voicemail saved all onto iTunes. So um, also, um, she used to knit, well, I'm sorry, crochet hats. So in the wintertime, um, I always wear her hats that she knitted and she gave to me. Um, and that. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and there's a few other items, but anyway, that's now, all. Lonnie, I, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a question, and I'm I'm really not trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, because you talked about we talked about the body earlier, um, but. Does it bring you comfort to hear her voice when you can't talk to her anymore? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me, Xavier, I might need you to unmute because I might be going through a little something in a second. I'm sorry. And if it's, if, if it's painful, whatever, you don't have to but, answer. Um, I was just curious. Okay. And, and ask that question one more time. So you said you kept all of her voicemails and such. Is uh-huh. it more painful to hear her, to listen to those voice messages and hear her voice and not actually be able to talk to her? I mean, you can talk to her, you know, but mm-hmm. but not have a conversation with her, I guess is what I'm asking. Um, it was at first, because I was going to delete all of them. 
um, but I didn't. And um, so just from time, because I still have her old number saved, um, and I dial that number from time to time, and I, some lady picks up the phone. I don't know who this the Hispanic chick is, but um, but it it it. it it, it's odd. I don't know if it's that I like the pain. I'm, I'm not sure if, if that's what it is. But for whatever reason, it gives me a certain comfort, especially on my birthdays when they come around. Mm. Okay. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm not, I wasn't, I, yeah. I wasn't yeah, trying okay. to the place. No, I mean, I like I said, that was kind of the same deal with me. Um, like I said, one of the reasons I haven't deleted my phone is that um, I have all these voicemails. From people who passed on, so yeah, I guess I just for me, I, I have the stories, you know, I can, you know, tell mm-hmm. you the the number of times my grandmother would call me and say, "Hello, Derek, this is your grandmother." Like I didn't grow up with you, I don't know what your voice sound like. Come on, girl. Which just meant I hadn't called her in a long time, and she needed to talk to me. But then she would have, she would call me. She's like, "This is your grandmother." I said, "Yeah, I know who it is." She said, "You haven't called me," and then she would hang up and wait for me to call her back. Oh wow! <laughs> she, oh, I love her. Yeah, that was like, you know, Lonnie, I'll tell you a whole bunch of stories. We got a uh, uh, Nate James said. I am a photographer, so I have thousands of pics, but I also like small articles like hats, pins, jewelry, like tie pins and cufflinks. With my dad specifically, I have tapes of his sermons. So, I got a question. When you think of your mother, do you think about the fact that you've lost her or what happened then, or do you kind of tend to remember more about what it was like having her as your mother? Ooh, bitch. Uh, mm, I knew. Mm. <laughs> uh, me and that bitch went through a lot of shit together. Uh, um, as she got older, I appreciate the relationship that we established when she, when I was old enough to to learn why she did the things that she did. So once I understood her mentality and how she was brought up, it made it clear. It, it made it more easier for me to deal with her. And as it went on, you know, as you know, as our relationship developed a little bit more, I learned to I learned to love her unconditionally. So. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but no, it doesn't. hopefully it does. My question to you, again, is when you remember her, when you think of her, uh-huh. and you start feeling emotions well up in you, right, what are you mm-hmm. thinking about? Are you thinking about the times and the good times with her and what you went through with her to get to where y'all are, or do you mostly remember the final days of her life when you, were, when you came to the realization, I'm about to lose this woman? And there's a lot we haven't dealt with, a lot we haven't done. What a, set of thoughts tend to register the most? I was going to say, that's a really good question, too. Go ahead, Lonnie. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you think about when you think about your mother? I tend to think about the good times that we shared. And I'm okay with her not being with me. Um, but when I think, if, if I try to place her in my future, 
that's when it gets a little a little shaky for me. That's when the pain is like, damn, she won't get a chance to see me do this or this, this, that, 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 that. So, yeah, so you are thinking about the end more so than the time you spent with her. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the fact that there will be moments in your life that she won't be able to share with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, we got a couple of Q&As here. Oh, yes. Um, okay. And I know um, you know y'all events that fix my life on live TV, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Beloved, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Coach Wank said, uh, it's nostalgia. Sound can bring comfort at times, and so does smell. It incites fond memories. At some point, we may go through periods of looking back at things to remind us to remind us of good feelings, um, and also consider family dynamic. We all create memories with our friends and families in different ways. When we lose people, we grieve their loss and honor them in our own way. That is all very true. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank you for that. And. Uh... Yeah, and thank you, Lonnie, for, you know, doing our Van Zant moment. <laughs> uh, huh. It was. Uh, I didn't try it, but okay, you will. <laughs> yes. Brought to you by um, Xavier Spann. <laughs> so I think at this point we should um, do our Check It Out segment. Everybody, if you have, if you have a um, recommendation for everybody. I do. Okay. I and I checked out recently, and again, this is kind of like, um, kind of like what you do with Netflix when you just binge watch. Well, I binge read. Um, if you are a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, then you should find yourself season ten of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in comic book form. It is a continuation of what happened with the television show. Um, you should also check out season 10 of Faith and Angel because I really did like Faith. Um, separate book also in season 10, also canon to the rest of the show. Um, yeah, that's that's my check it out. Yeah. Uh, before we continue to check it out, Jaywan had one final thought. Uh, the system sure as hell treats us like a hive. They think this is the Flanix from the X-Men. Slavery is alive and well. The rules of the game just change, though. <laughs> the phalanx. <laughs> That's pretty good. And I agree that we do get treated like a hive mind. And we yeah. are not. Right. Yeah, there is definitely... That's the thing I would say about the uh, Black Republicans. is like I, I definitely disagree with them, but I do feel that... I, I, I feel at least... I don't, I'm trying to think of the right adjective. Um some sort of satisfaction of the fact that they're black people in all areas of life, even when I disagree with them wholeheartedly. Um, I, it sort of, I guess, reinforces my idea that black people aren't all alike, you know? So even when I see these, you know, sort of cooning it up black people, I'm like, yeah, well, we are a variety of different types of people. Um, and we have, mm -hmm. you know, we have a different experiences or whatever. Black people are not incapable of horrible things, you know? So yeah. what? <laughs> okay, so the Black Republicans just basically like money, and they see a big picture, while the Democrat Blacks 
just be like, oh, everybody, let's sing a song and say kumbaya type of thing. I mean, well, you can that's, a, that's a, I was going to say, that's a, that's a simplification. But Lonnie, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Okay, my check it out is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've worked that out on your own time. Yes, worked that out. <laughs> I check it out is um, Angry Birds, which is a very good movie. I watched it late last night, and I love that movie. And um, I, I recommend. No, I was at home. I went to Red. I couldn't sleep, so I went to Redbox and I got it from there. Yeah. And I also went to um, Crystals and got me a little six piece. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> and I came back. I watched it. It was really great. Um and another one, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Oprah, it's Oprah Winfrey's um TV series. I think it's called Greenleaf, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, which is really, 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 really good. I thought it was going to be a Tyler Perry type of feel to it, and it is totally not. It is when I tell you they cut throat in the first fucking scene at the dinner table, um. You, it is a must. Check it out. You do not have to pay um, for the subscription. You can go to, I think if, I know for me, I have it on my iPhone uh, where I downloaded the app. So I'm watching all of last year's seasons, I think. And I think the new season started last week, Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So you can download the app on the own app um, and you can watch all the old seasons for free. And um, it is really, really, really good. Okay. Well, thanks for actually. I think my mom wanted to see it, and I didn't know how to get it for her, so I'll check that out. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Um. Let me see what I'm think. What I'm watching right now. I was actually trying to catch up on some Netflix shows. Uh, Marcos. I guess season two is coming out. Oh, I love it. Oh my yeah. gosh. So yeah, I was trying to catch up on season one. It is. It's pre- it's kind of hot. Um, I'm sorry. Are we talking about the same one, Marco Polo or something like that? No, no, no. This is Marcos. I haven't seen Marco Polo either. That's another one I need to check out. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. But um, yeah, both of those apparently are really good. Uh, Marco Polo's in season two. Marcos is about uh, the drug trade in the '90s. I can't. Oh wow. Pablo Escobar, whoever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's, it it deals a lot in like the surveillance state, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was definitely interesting to me. Like before the internet, and you know, phone taps and wiretaps and shit like that, uh, tracking down these drug dealers in um, in other countries, it's kind of weird. It's it's a little dystopian <laughs> to think, and also the fact that this is like from 20 years ago. You know, you got to think about like what the fuck they're doing now. Like, oh shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a little disturbing. So yeah, Marcos. What year did George Orwell write nineteen eighty six? Yeah. Yeah, it was like in the fifties, sixties. Yeah, yeah. And here yeah. we are. Yeah, so <laughs> it is yeah. So I mean I get it. I you know, I understand why the government does stuff like that, but it's still disturbing. Um, even the even though they're the good guys in the story. Well, Part the of good guy like, is usually yeah. the winner. <laughs> yeah, it's what? true. Have a seat. The good guy <laughs> is usually the winner. Mm-mm. Yeah, because there's the a good. set of. I'm sorry. What? No, we're saying like a set of facts. There's a set of facts, but whoever wins the battle 
gets to write themselves as the good guy. I think that's right, what he's exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, that happened. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like both of those. I'm going to check out Marco Polo and Marcos. Uh, I, I don't know what else is um, coming up. Uh, we were talking about doing a, uh, you know, I want to do a, a show review for Tuesday, but honestly, like getting people excited about Fear of the Walking Dead is a losing battle. <laughs> so, I, I don't mind doing an all-season review of something from Netflix. Like I said, either Stranger Things or The Get Down, if you happen to have seen either of those and you want to do a full-season review, let me know. Tuesday night at uh, 8 p.m., I'd like to do some full-season review. Uh, you know, once Atlanta comes back, we'll be doing Atlanta. Or not comes well, Atlanta back, comes premieres. Yeah. Yes, when it premieres. Um, I think it's Tuesday, that, that same night. So we might have to push back the time to view the show and then, you know, do a recap of it. Well, Atlanta, I ain't doing no review on the same day. Come on, I can't watch that much TV in one day. I got <laughs> shit to do. Well, if we don't do what it Tuesday do? night, uh, I got to stalk you. That's what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sit your ass down and catch up on them shows so we can do the review. I, I, now, you know, when you say you're you know stalking what? him, there's a part of me. What? There's a, there's a vision of you, like, sniffing one of his, like, gym t-shirts. <laughs> and he just threw it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this clear vision. I'm like, so done. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. no, that'd be my underwear. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. Plus, I have an underwear fetish, not a t-shirt. Okay, yeah, okay. So it's the underwear. Like, yeah. Be careful, Lottie. But, and when your underwear go missing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh god, no, that's funny. But um, yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing some Tuesday night. Of course, we'll be doing um, RuPaul's Drag Race. All Stars season, yay! Season two, episode two, yes. Thursday night. Uh, we'll be off, uh, however, for Labor Day weekend. It's coming up both Friday and Sunday, uh, but we'll be back again for uh, you know more all season reviews. Uh, you can also go to mailmediamind.com and uh, check out all of our social media accounts. I've been doing some, um, you know, Instagram trolling. I guess you could say. We're looking at people like. Basically, my strategy on Instagram is to follow the people who follow us. So if you comment or question, you know, leave any sort of comments or questions on our posts, I'll make sure to follow you. And when I see something hot, I will inbox you and ask you if you don't mind us sharing it. <laughs> That's how it works. I say and, steal it. Yeah. People get, if, people get a little, you know. That's a public jumpy. domain. Yeah, people still get a little. Yeah, yeah not only that, it's something about, like, um, I feel like a little bit of a creep when I do it because I'm being it's in a professional capacity, but I'm really just like, damn, it's hot. <laughs> so I have my own bias. I love Instagram. It's a lot of hotness on Instagram, like gym selfies, and people clearly just, you know, need some dick, you know. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I mean, when you're sitting up in your bed and you're licking your lips, you know, come on. You know what you do. <laughs> Lord uh, Jesus. And so on that I, note, yeah, I don't mind. Bag. We got the bag. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm just you saying. You said you're teabagging tonight. 
will be back a week after that. Oh. We will. Here, we're taking a week off. But no, I'm just saying, with the Instagram thing, I don't mind helping you get laid. So inbox is your hot pictures, and we'll help you get laid. Yeah. Um, I've been posting hot pics ever since I've been on Instagram, and I have yet to see Mel Media Mind use one of mine. What the fuck is going on here? I have so perfect, that ain't true. I have the that perfect one of him for you to use, Malcolm. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I, <laughs> you I don't trust you, Derek. Why don't you trust me? I'd only show you in your best life. I don't life. trust you. I don't yeah. show off your proper assets. <laughs> well, we're helping you get laid right now, Lonnie. It's all good. Thank you, because it's been a minute. <laughs> So on that note, oh, we Jesus. will uh, be back with you in uh, September. Yeah. All right. And uh, peace out, everybody. Love you. Thank you for listening to the M3 Bear Essentials podcast. If you'd like to learn more about M3, please visit us at mailmediamind.com. From there, you can find links to our social media accounts, such as YouTube, where you can subscribe and get notifications when we record our podcast live. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week.